Some entertainment news. It was just announced that the release date for the new James Bond movie, No Time to Die, has been pushed back for a third time. At this point, they've delayed it so long, the technology is going to look ridiculous. Like, Mr. Bond, your latest gadget is a phone that takes pictures. <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts is now adding salads to its menu at select locations. When you order a salad from Dunkin' Donuts, even the workers are like, no, seriously, what can I get you? From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Happy Robbie Burns Day, fellow Scottish people. But let's let's fully admit that we we done fucked up. And we didn't realize it was Robbie Burns Day, us two Scottish people, until like the very end of our show. And then we went, oops. Shit. I mean, not that we would have had a massive celebration about it, don't get me wrong, but also we do like to wish a happy Robbie Burns Day to everybody. So here it is in the podcast. Yeah, it's um, going to be different this year for sure. I it, Imagine Robbie Burns Day and the pubs are closed. Imagine that. Fuck. Yeah. The last time I was at a pub in Scotland, let's see here, the last time I was there, it was last year. Uh, sorry, it was the year before. Yeah, you no, no, like it was a, last year. Yeah, it was a couple of years ago, but you went for like a weekend, didn't you? It was the craziest thing to me. You took like a long weekend and you went to Scotland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I go there as much as I can. I still have a lot of relatives that, over there mm-hmm. and in long-term care homes, by the way, but they seem to be doing all right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was at Robbie Burns Cronies, which is a pub inside the Golden Lion Hotel in Sterling. Ooh. What a fantastic little pub. Great selection of scotch and gin. I had a great time. If you find yourself over in Scotland, you should check it out. It's weird, though, that today's Robbie Burns Day, and for those who don't know, it's celebrating the poet, Robbie Burns, because um, just today I posted an article about Scotland on scottandcat.ca, and it was weird because I can't remember the last time I posted a Scotland story. There you go. They're uh, going to seek independence again. They're going to hold a referendum to decide whether or not Scotland should be independent of the UK, uh, mainly over anger about Brexit. Oh, that's not a simple topic to discuss with someone from Scotland, oh, by the way, because it's not. No. Yeah, it's not one of these simple. Uh, oh, we're mostly cool with it, or we're mostly not cool with it. There's a. It's very, as you can imagine, right? If you're breaking off from something, it'd be like Quebec trying to do that here or something. There's a lot to it, right? A lot of questions asked. A lot of people pissed off about the thought of it. Uh, a lot of people's jobs impacted by it. So anyway, yeah. I mean, we'll see how this one goes. How this time around works. <laughs> this is a strange anniversary. It was January 25th, 2020, when the first case of COVID-19 was detected in Canada. That's right. Do you remember the details of it? I do remember it. I remember it very well. And I remember posting especially. It'll it'll pop up on my Facebook memories tomorrow, no doubt about it. But I remember the next day, because we found out during the day, we do a morning radio show. So by the time we started talking about it, um, it was actually... Um, the Monday following. It was January 27th. But I had posted on Facebook that next day about it and going, uh, when should we panic? I remember right. my caption. <laughs> I remember my caption well. Because, and people probably shit all over yes, you. Yes, that's, that's why I remember it. I remember because people were going, oh my God, calm the fuck down. This is not going to happen. No, it won't spread. This is ridiculous. You know, the people should be focused on the flu, not on this uh, virus. 
We didn't know anything. I saw someone wearing a mask today. Ha ha, calm down. Like those kind of comments. It's hilarious to look back on those. Um, So speaking of that, what we're going to do at the end of this podcast, and for those longtime podcast listeners, maybe you remember hearing it at the time. Maybe you're a binge listener and you did listen back more recently, but maybe you also haven't gone that far. But it was Monday, January 27th, where you and I on the podcast first got to talking about it. The first confirmed case Uh, Someone who came off the plane in Wuhan, uh, then two suspected cases followed that, if I'm not mistaken, and it was a husband and wife. Um, That's right. And it all went down, and that day we talked about it. So what we're going to do for you, so you don't have to listen back if you don't want to, or maybe, like I said, you are listening back slowly, but you're not quite there yet. We're going to have for you at the end of this podcast a look back in time and it really is like an audio time capsule that's like the best way i can describe it it feels like a million years ago we did we talked about it but it was that moment that scott and i first discussed it you didn't even know dr Teresa tam's name that's what like i wish i didn't now yeah i know like think about how much has happened in the last year and how many times we have talked about this and how many times what we know now back then we knew nothing i mean you and i discussed are we going to go to parties or public functions and people thought we were crazy to think like maybe it's not a good idea to do that so i i don't know i i think i we hope you guys find it as as interesting and amusing as as we did as we listen back and again that's going to come up at the end of the podcast for you guys okay one thing i want you to think about it was a year ago today that patient zero in Canada was discovered. Since then, 737,000 COVID cases have come up in Canada. 19,000 people have died in Canada since a year ago today. Think about right now how much time there is between right now and the end of March break. Mm-hmm. March break seems like a, a, an eternity from now because we're cold and it's miserable. It's a long way away to get to March break. It wasn't until March break or just before March break, I think it was, or just after 2020 that the government put us into lockdown. Think about the amount of days right now between now mm-hmm. and March break. Mm-hmm. That's how much time it took for our governments to get their shit together And get this virus under control Mm -hmm. and try and take it seriously. Mm -hmm. That should put things into perspective about A, how little we knew about it, and B, how unprepared we were for a global pandemic to hit Canada. If we had shut shit down a year ago today, we might not even be wearing masks right now. We might be going to Digital Dreams and Veld, and we might be going to Leaf Games and Raptors Games. We might have been at the Bills. Well, no, not at the Bills Games. The U.S. Oh, no, is in a much different shut, situation. They would not have shut anything down there, and we would have to stay in our bubble. But it's it's true. But that was too much for people. Um, and it still is. That, that thought still is. I mean, we still have airports open. We still have people boarding planes and coming in and out. And sure, we've got some precautions in place and everything else. But we still don't have 100% lockdown, even though we're in lockdown. You know, we still we're still not even there after all of this but at least i mean we have vaccines in sight not physically we don't have those vaccines right now in this moment but we know it's like a thing <laughs> that you can see but can't actually have <laughs> they're out there somewhere and eventually they'll they'll come back again here that'd be great um so there's like a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel but it's amazing we didn't we had no idea you know like listening to our conversation we really had no no idea. Like, we didn't even know how it was transmitted. They said at the time that casual contact with someone is fine. 
They thought literally you'd have to really sneeze in someone's face to catch this. And now we know that's not true. So it's, oh, it's something else. It's something else, guys. Don't forget my personal favorite from the Golden Oldies file. Wearing a mask won't help. Yes. That's- By Dr. Teresa Tam. Dr. Teresa Tam said that. And the, the, and by the way, this the, what you're going to hear at the end of this, that was, was before that happened. That was closer to March when this whole thing really, when shit really hit the fan back in March of 2020. It was before then. But you and I were talking about masks. Like, should mm-hmm. we get masks? I think that people in airports should be wearing masks. I think that certain people should be wearing masks and take precautions and... Man, it's just so messed up when you know where we are now, right? And you wonder what we're going to be talking about a year from now. I don't know if your mind ever goes there, too. But I wonder, like, what's our podcast going to sound like a year from now? What are we going to be talking about? Are we going to be talking about how everything's kind of seems like it's getting back to normal? Are we still going to be fucked? Uh, Is this new variant going to fuck us? Like, Like, I really wish that I had a crystal ball here. Here's the way I see this happening. I think that despite the colossal fuck up that was the vaccines this is a week by the way where we get zero new pfizer vaccines into this country zero next week it's an 80 percent reduction in what we were supposed to get and it will be like that for three weeks after that we are up shit's creek when it comes to vaccines right now this whole month is a write-off but i do think that once we get more people vaccinated particularly healthcare workers Those in long-term care homes, and for the most part, the long-term care homes in the hot spots in Ontario are done. That's great. But once we get them done, the death numbers are going to start to drop like crazy. The number of new infections, I don't see that dropping that much because I still think there's enough people out there doing the wrong things or in dangerous situations that we'll keep getting cases, but the outcomes won't be as severe in that we will have people sick but not and isolating, but not necessarily dying. Mm-hmm. And I think that once the death toll goes down and once the hospitalization numbers come down, these restrictions are coming off. And I truly think as I sit here with the evidence that I have on January 25th, 2021, that by about Canada Day, we won't be talking about COVID the way we are now. I think that we're that close to the end as long as we can start getting more vaccines into the very vulnerable population. Once we do that, I think we're in great shape. I think it's going to be a fairly straight up normal summer. Last year, we were right in the middle of the pandemic with no vaccines, and it felt like a more normal summer. This one, I think it's going to feel even more so. So there's that. Now, you mentioned the airports. So let me just read you a quick tweet here that came across my desk on Friday. Yeah, Justin Trudeau, the uh, prime minister. I'm saying it like that because I don't know <laughs> where the fuck he's. Question mark? Where, where's he been for the last month? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, it's like Groundhog Day with that guy. He pops out of his hole. He does a little speech and then he disappears again for another year. Where the fuck's he been? But anyway, here's Justin Trudeau's tweet from Friday. Let me be very clear. Nobody should be taking a vacation abroad right now. If you've got one planned, cancel it and don't book a trip for spring break. We need to hang on and hold tight for the next few months and get through to the spring in the best shape possible. What do you take from that? Um, Because Justin is the one who has the authority to close the airports from international travel. So 
okay. He could do that with the stroke of a pen. Uh, look, I'm he's sa- saying don't go anywhere, but he's not going to make it impossible to go somewhere by closing the airports, which, by the way, would be against our charter rights. Is that what he's doing? Just trying to avoid charter challenges or or what is the strategy here in keeping these airports it? open? Well, I would like clarity. Like, I, I that's all I want. And, and by the way, this is like, honestly, politics aside, whoever it is in charge, tell me why you're doing what you're doing and your choices you're making, because you can't sit there and bitch about people traveling but then allow it to happen like and you know that you have some option to shut some of that shit down but you're not so charter of rights is one thing like i i all fully admit i'm not that familiar with what exactly that would entail to 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 temporarily change that i don't know maybe that is a big enough pain in the ass that he's like fuck it it really isn't worth it and it's going to cost us money and we can't afford that right now and Okay, I understand that there's decisions that you have to make and they're very, very tough. Maybe that's one of them that they just they've tried to wrap their brain around different scenarios. And that's just one that they can't do. But it but other countries have done it. Other countries have. So absolutely. Why can we not do that? I, I like don't sit there and say, don't go anywhere, guys. You can't do it. Don't do it. Let me be perfectly clear with you fuckers. And then be like, but but you can. But you're perfect. But nothing's wrong with it. Like you can actually do that right now. That's fine. But but don't do it. But it's totally available to you if you'd like to. Like it's, yeah, it's just kind of messed up to me. I, I think it's to me. It's got to be the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. I, I think that's all it is. It, it's kind of the same with the gatherings here in Ontario. They said don't gather, don't gather, and they made it really hard to gather. But they're not restrict or they're not formally prohibiting gathering of any kind. They're allowing you to gather with up to five people and they'd prefer it be with people in your own household i think because as soon as they say no gatherings stay the fuck home that's when we get into this weird area where we're trampling on an actual charter right and i think that the people who are opposed to any restrictions are waiting for them to throw out a charter challenge and if they do the courts could strike the whole thing down instantly It could take seconds when it comes to the airports. I mean, yeah, you have the right to come and go as you please. You have the right to leave Canada. You have the right to come back. But what's frustrating is when I think back almost a year, remember when we were paying for people to get flights home and we were dispatching Air Canada and WestJet flights all around the world Mm -hmm. to repatriate people back to Canada. I assumed that there was an end game when Trudeau came out and said, if you're abroad, you need to come home now. Remember he did that big I Shakespearean remember. play I thing? Remember. Yeah, yeah, I remember. And I thought, okay, well, we're probably going to give people a couple of weeks to get home, and then fuck it, we're closing the borders. If you're not here now, you're stuck outside. They never actually pulled that trigger. So I don't understand what the point was in telling people to come home, except maybe they just brought more COVID to Canada. That's all I can think. I, I don't understand why we told people a year ago, if you're abroad, you need to come home now. But then didn't close the border. You know, you can open the door and let people in, but unless you close the door, more people will just keep coming. I mean, I don't know. Part of me thinks, yeah, and then the other part's like, we were fucked anyway. And I think we were fucked before we even realized the first case. I do think it was here before we even made it official that it was here. I think some people brought it back with them in December. It was just pretty low-key. I mean, think about how many people that we know now. Um, test positive for it, but have no symptoms, aren't sh- not showing system, uh, any symptoms of it. 
right? So I, I, I truly think that we had this before this confirmed case. Just this one happened to escalate to a point yeah. where medical assistance was needed, where before that it was probably floating around here and there. So that said, I, I don't think in those moments, as I look back now, we could have actually stopped this completely in that time. Like, so them saying, come back home. Yeah. I mean, they had to come back home. I get it. If I was out on a trip and I decided to take that trip and I was told to come home, I'd hope that I could get home. Well, yes and no. I think the thing that was missing that could have stopped COVID from getting to, what is it here? 737,000 cases and 19,000 deaths. The only thing missing in all of that was balls. It just took somebody to stand up with a set and say, fuck this. If we don't let it in the country, it can't spread. It can't destroy our economy. It can't cost millions their jobs and so on and so forth. But nobody wanted to do it. Let's not forget it was last March, early March, when Teresa Tam scoffed at the idea of closing the borders, saying we're all a bunch of fucking racists. It wasn't racist to want to close the borders. It was practical. And had we done that a year ago, we might not be in the situation that we're in now. I think you're right, Kat. Nothing could have stopped it altogether from coming in. But we at least could have mitigated the spread and maybe saved some of those 19,000 lives that were lost. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Uh, What's amazing to me and what I spent some of this uh, weekend doing, um, I was my mind was absolutely blown. If you guys have Snapchat. You can go on the Snapchat map, and in certain parts of, of the world, uh, anywhere, someone can make their Snapchat public for anyone to see. So you can hit on different locations. Scott, I was hitting on locations, and it was like, COVID ain't no thing. And a lot of those places were places where countries took it seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's those, and then there's ones that nobody wants to visit anyway, really. So, <laughs> well, that's the truth. But it was one or the other. And I checked several different areas in several different countries. I think we all know Australia, New Zealand. I mean, they are doing things right. There's a club. Like, literally, I'm watching it right now. People are at a club. There's no masks. Everyone's having a party. Everyone's having a good time. They're normal. It's because they had the balls that you're talking about to shut the shit down. They're partying. There's wedding. I was snapping through weddings, a club, a pizzeria. Nobody's wearing masks inside there because you do not have to anymore in these Mm -hmm. parts. It's... It's, uh, I mean, it, it boggles your mind. Like, and here we are, right? Here we are in this shitty, shitty, shitty position. Uh, but anyway, I do encourage you to do that if you have it. Go, go to uh, South Australia right now and check out what they're doing. And then you'll go, yeah, those who are freaking out about what a terrible idea that would be to shut shit down. Look at, the, they're living life like it ain't no fucking thing. They're forgetting about it. They're at soccer games. Like, it's insane. That's why I do think that the light is closer than we think. That tunnel is not as long as it may seem, even though we're going through this real shitty phase with these vaccines. Scott, I hope you're right, because the the pessimist in me is going, let's not forget that back in March of 2020, maybe even before March, I'm not sure exactly when it was, we were told the 18-month mark. I don't know if you remember that, but they let us know whenever a pandemic like that hits in this age, in this century, where we have this modern medicine and the ability to try to find it, even with that, guys, this is an 18-month situation. This is not going to disappear anytime soon. And people couldn't understand it. They thought back in March that we were going to be normal by June of 2020. Mm -hmm. They didn't understand that their concerts might be canceled. They didn't understand that their wedding might have to be put off. People just didn't want to maybe understand it or they didn't take the time to. But if you educated yourself enough in that moment, you knew 18 months was a marking point. 
And guess what? We're at the 12-month mark if, let's say, that that was said now in this moment where COVID first hit Canada-ish. Okay? So there, that means, do the math, there's still six more months to go. And then I hope you're right, Scott. I hope by the summertime, by my birthday is my hope. My birthday's on June 5th. That's what I'm hoping not for my birthday, but just for that time, I want to be able to go, go see my friends. I want to see my friends, see my family, have people over, not just people in my quote unquote bubble. I don't want to fucking hear that term again. I don't want to just think about that. I want to see people hug them. I'll probably cry the first time I get together with my girlfriends. Like we basically cried over Zoom the last time because this is the longest we've ever gone without, gone without seeing each other in person, in the flesh. I want to do all those things. So I hope you're right. I hope that the that that light is closer than than we think it is. I really do. Do you think we should close the airports now or is the damage already been done? It's too late. (sighs) I don't even know. I think the damage is done and I think it's more community spread than it is the airports anyway. I hate to say it. I think this is just people who are just and and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying there's people selfish out there. Have I kind of slid by some of the rules before? Yeah. Technically speaking, I have. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not going to fucking churches with no mask on next to a bunch of strangers, but I'm also not doing everything exactly by the book or I hadn't been at at certain points of this where you're supposed to only have 10. I had 12 over, you know, so I'm not perfect. And I'm not saying that I'm not selfish in some cases when it comes to this, but I think that because of that, that's where we're at. I don't think it necessarily is all the airport. We can't just blame it on travelers. We can't because we all know that we're a little bit guilty, right? It's very, very uh, frustrating that it got to this point, and I still stand by. Teresa Tam should be fired. I, I still think that. <laughs> she still um, might be. She still might be, yeah. I mean, I think they're going to – they won't admit they were wrong. They would have to admit they were wrong if they fire her now. So I think they're going to let her see it through. And to be honest, I don't even know why she wants the job. She must know what she a dumb thing to say it was the uh, masks won't help. She may end up quitting herself once this is all done. Like she might want to see it through, like you said, and then she might be like, you know what? I'm going to move on to a different avenue here. I'm going to go work over in this sector or still do what I do, but differently, right? Let me ask you, if Teresa Tam decided I'm going to quit as Canada's chief public health officer, I'm just going to open up a, a family practice in Kitchener-Waterloo and we're accepting new patients. <laughs> if you needed a doctor, would you sign up to have her as your doctor? Um, the same woman who said it's racist <laughs> to close borders and masks won't help in a global coronavirus well, pandemic? I know your answer. Fuck um, her. Yeah, I don't. In as nicely as a way as I can. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, like I don't shit. Think, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm frustrated. I am. I really am. Because okay. it shouldn't have got to this point. It shouldn't yeah. be this way. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck. Everybody's fighting and yeah, it's a mess. I know. Okay. A uh, couple other things here. Number one, I, 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 I'm I down a chicken. Fuck. You're I went to really Costco yesterday. About this I'd like to buy you a chicken because you seem very upset. Well, here's the scenario. I was at Costco yesterday, and uh, the Bills game was coming on. We'll talk about that in a sec. Bills game was coming on, and I thought, I just want something easy that's already cooked. Uh, I'm going to get a rotisserie chicken because they're cheap at Costco. It's like 8 bucks, and then I'll cook up a couple of quick sides, and boom, that's dinner for during the game. I can pick at it all night. So I bought the chicken, and at some point between me going up to the cash register and me driving away, I lost the chicken. I don't know where the fuck it is. So some people are suggesting that maybe I didn't get the chicken put back in the cart after I paid for it. Everybody knows how Costco works. You pay, somebody else puts the stuff in your cart for you. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
I think I did take it out of the store with me. And as I was putting all the other things in my trunk, I think I set the chicken in in like the seating area where you would put like a toddler or something. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I set the chicken there and then took the cart back to the corral and got in the car and drove away, but left the chicken in the fucking cart. Like, what are you thinking? First of all, I I know you're pissed about it, but how do you think the chicken feels? Like, it's very disrespectful of me, isn't as, it? As it watched you, as its fucking deliciously rotisserie carcass watches you drive away out of the parking lot, it's going, the fuck did I do to you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Was I not good enough? <laughs> was I not juicy enough? Was I not big enough? That is a bad feeling, though, especially when you need that ready-to-eat food or you, you're, you're hungry, right? So you buy that ready-to-eat food. I couldn't imagine, like, you get home and then that's what you're looking forward to. And then that thing you're looking forward to isn't even there. It's that's not even brutal. there. But I started racking my brains thinking, no, I remember. I, I must have the chicken. I went out to the car and I looked through the car. I looked on the car like, shit, did I set it on the roof? I was going through the basement. I thought when I took the box downstairs, maybe I left the chicken in the box. The whole thing was fucked. I was killing myself trying to figure out where this $8 chicken went. Well, it's a good thing you don't have a kid. <laughs> Fuck, right? <laughs> I should tell my kids that and they'll probably be like, yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. You've done that to us. We'd be having a totally different conversation and you'd be in the back of a cop car. Like, how the (laughs) fuck did you forget your kid in a cart? Failure to provide the necessities of life. No, it's a, it's a, that is a, that is a shame. I'm sorry to hear that you didn't have your delicious chicken. It's going to be some fat fucking seagull flying over Costco later on today. I'll tell you that. Big, big chicken shit. (laughs) You know, if you're a seagull or a raccoon near that Costco, usually you get pretty excited if somebody drops a French fry or a couple of olives off of their hot dog or something like that. When somebody leaves a whole rotisserie chicken, that's probably like you won the Lotto Max. Yes, absolutely. Best thing to ever happen. Oh, they want to find you, but don't let them. But they want to find you and thank you personally. Uh, fuck, don't even get me started. I, I know, they're I'm still worst. mad about this chicken. Austin Godwin, he's got the first down and this game's over. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady are going to Super Bowl 55. Super Bowl 55 in Tampa, Florida. One more snap, Mahomes goes to a knee. The Chiefs are back-to-back AFC champions. They are headed to Super Bowl 55 as a road team to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Chiefs win the AFC Championship 38, Buffalo 24. Uh, The Buffalo Bills have been eliminated, everybody. I'm sorry. They've been eliminated, and... I just want to say, like, it used to be New England. It was always New England. You know, those New England football fans were so fucking obnoxious because they were winning all the time. And and they were always just rubbing it in your face like, ha ha, we're the best football team ever. And we got Tom Brady and we're going to win another Super Bowl. Kansas City fans have really replaced the Patriots fans. Those Kansas City fans, and and I'm not even saying they're not entitled to do it because they have an excellent football team, but they're real in your face. Uh, Actual friends of mine that are Kansas City fans were texting me memes yesterday that were mean. Mean memes. (laughs) Fuck. That is mean. mean. I don't think anybody expected the Bills to beat the Chiefs yesterday, but it still sucks because the team came so far and I was so optimistic. But realistic. I didn't expect to win yesterday. I thought if they do get one, it's going to be amazing. And I'm going to say something here, and it's going to sound like sour grapes. 
I know it's going to sound like I'm making up excuses, but I'm really not. One thing I actually do have a legitimate concern about is Patrick Mahomes, reigning Super Bowl MVP. He's going back to the Super Bowl. He's going to play against his dad, Tom Brady, in the Super Bowl (laughs) this weekend. No, no word of a lie, though. His oldest, um, Tom Brady's oldest, if I'm not mistaken, is like around, isn't he like, he's close in age. He's close enough in age, let's just put it that way, to be his son. (laughs) What was it you said this morning? Patrick Mahomes was in the first grade the last time, uh, the first time Tom Brady went to a Super Bowl? That's correct. Yeah, he was six. He was six years old when Tom Brady uh, first won the Super Bowl in 2002. Unfucking yeah, real. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's cool though. I, when you're Tom Brady and you're looking at these stats, and you know you still have a. Anyway, I'll let you get to. Are your sour grapes done? No, okay, I just want to say. Continue. When it comes to Mahomes, the quarterback for the Chiefs, excellent quarterback. He is. If he keeps up at this pace, not only will he be the highest paid quarterback in history, he will be a Hall of Famer for sure. He is fucking good. But last week he took a hit. And he had to come off the field because he looked like he was seeing stars. His head hit the turf. And he was on concussion protocol all this week. Well, he played yesterday. And I I can't say that a a professional football player isn't entitled to make decisions about their own health care and their own career. But it certainly sends a confusing message to the coaches of minor hockey and minor lacrosse, minor football, minor soccer about the seriousness of a concussion when he goes out and takes a hit like he took last week against Cleveland and then didn't even miss a practice and played this week against the Buffalo Bills. You know, concussion protocol, and I've had to take way more courses than I'd like to admit on concussion protocol. And the protocol you have to go through is very, very thorough. And and it starts off with you've got to talk to a doctor and then you've got to have a couple of days before you can slowly start to return to play. And after you do step one, you see how things go for a day. Then you go on to stage two. It involves a lot of rest and a lot of slow phased in return to play. It can take weeks for someone who's had a concussion to come back on the field. Well, it's really hard for coaches to tell a kid, "Mm, sorry, you're going to be out for a couple of weeks because you got a concussion and we got to make sure we follow the protocol. When a pro that people look up to, like Patrick Mahomes, probably had a concussion and was right back in the game next week. It just it seems to send a mixed message. And I'm not his doctor. I don't know what the conversations were between the team doctors and Mahomes and the management and the coaches. But it just seems on the surface like a dangerous precedent to set. When you were seeing stars and then you're playing again the very next week in the AFC championship. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh, it's scary, by the way. And I mean, I don't know as much about it, but I did watch concussion <laughs> mm-hmm. from 2015. Uh, Will Smith and, and, and some of the stuff that was based on uh, based on true stories uh, scares the shit out of me when it comes to concussion. So anyway, oh. I recommend the movie, at least if you haven't seen it, to know what ex- the dangers that Scott's really talking about there. It's a traumatic brain yeah, injury. It's really and you good. need to let your brain heal. Yeah. And and you know what? I mean, it's such a dangerous fucking game to play with your head like that and i mean if he did have a concussion and they looked the other way and let him play on yesterday now if they did that they risked all the hundreds of millions of dollars they're paying him because it could have ended his career had he taken another hit yesterday Mm -hmm. so um uh, not suggesting he did have a concussion but it certainly fucking looked like it and Mm -hmm. if he played with a concussion or not fully healed from one 
I think that's a dangerous precedent to set. I, I really, really do. And anybody who has not looked into concussion protocol and the seriousness of them, I encourage you to do it. There's a lot of free courses that you can take. I think when you're a hockey or a minor sports coach, they make you take them now. And I think that's a very worthwhile thing. Uh, I guess we're low on time here. We should probably get to that segment from a year ago today, right? Yeah, let's okay. do that. So um, in the moment, by the way, same podcast that we talked about Kobe Bryant's passing away. It was the same time, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the same time. Ugh. So we talked about that. Um, so, But we're going to fast forward for you right to when we started to, talking about uh, coronavirus being detected here for the very first time in Canada. I know they don't want us to panic. They're saying, don't worry, stay the calm. The first thing you say when you, when, when you said don't panic, the first thing I think is, I'm panicking. Yeah, I am too. Okay, so at first they said, ah, I mean, it, it might come to Canada, but there's really minimal risk. Don't worry about it. And then we had one presumptive case. Yeah, it's just one case. It's fine. Don't worry about it. You know, we're going to contact the people that were on the plane and stuff like that. Did you not think to contact the guy that got six wife that sat beside him on the plane? Because now she's got it too. Two confirmed cases or presumptive cases. Is that what they're going with? One of them's confirmed. One, One of them is still presumptive. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. I feel for this girl. She was scared shitless when this stuff started going on. And I'm sure the fact that her husband had it, she knew full well, the when chances she, of me having it are not <laughs> horrible. She had a sore throat and she yeah. was panicking about going to the hospital because she thought, if I go there, they're going to quarantine me. Yep. And they're going to say, you've probably got coronavirus. That, that might have an impact on my job. It might have an impact on our kids in school and all that sort of thing. I get it. But then she finally phoned an ambulance. She phoned 911 to take her to the hospital. They didn't just send one ambulance. They sent four. And I mean, lights and sirens as oh, if she was having shit. a heart attack. They didn't just send a cop to check on the situation. They sent a bunch of cops. They closed off the whole area because we may have someone with coronavirus. Whereabouts did they, did they live in Toronto? Yeah. Okay. They uh, are now in a Toronto hospital. They recently flew home from China. Mm -hmm. They say the woman has been in self-isolation since they flew home last week. By the way, oh, but there's little risk to anyone else. Are you fucking kidding me? What about all the other people on the flight? Weren't there like 300 people on that flight? Most of the flights from China are pretty full. They're not tiny. No. So little risk to everyone else. We're contacting everyone who was on the flight. Okay, well, now it's been over a week. So are you contacting everyone that those people have been in contact with? What do they do for a living? <laughs> they do understand how shit spreads, right? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, okay, so great that you contacted Bob, who was in seat 14D. Where's Bob been for the last week? Mm -hmm. And what does Bob do? Tell me that Bob doesn't work in like a, a walk-in clinic or something where food more people may have food gone. Food chain. Uh, could have been anything. Tell yeah. me Bob isn't a CPR instructor who's been breathing on people for a week. I mean, it could be anything. Yeah. And there's 300 yeah. could be anything there. And then, that, and then that escalates and multiplies and multiplies. That's how it happens. It freaks me out. I like that the, the government and, and all of them seem to be working pretty well together. Like from the local medical officers of health to the Christine Elliott, the provincial health minister, she's been on top of this, and then our federal health minister as well. Uh, it seems like a fairly coordinated effort to try and maintain calm. Mm -hmm. Even the World Health Organization is, 
Everybody stay calm. They mm-hmm. haven't declared a pandemic or even a world emergency or anything. Just relax. Even though it's spreading around the world. And in this case, I kind of feel like if you guys don't start panicking, everybody else is going to. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe there should be a little more sense of urgency. I think generally speaking, even though it would be kind of weird, maybe we should start getting masks. I don't know how far this thing's going to spread. Well, it's already affecting my my thoughts and choices on things I want to do. You know, public areas, I, I'm going to avoid them as much as possible, especially with little kids. Like, uh-huh. Forget it. There's a whole bunch of events and things like that that are happening over the next couple of weeks. I might not go because it's not worth it in case you never know who's going to be there. If it's public, I don't know who's going to be there, who touched that, who sneezed on this. I don't know where you came from or who you're related to. I'm not going to take a chance. So if I have to isolate me and my family as much as possible, I'm going to. I'm going to do it. It's not even just the people who were on the plane. I'm thinking about the people who didn't have a choice, but be kind of exposed to this because of their job. I'm thinking about the paramedics Mm -hmm. who took these people to the hospital, the doctors, the nurses, the staff that have to like clean their rooms and things. And then I'm also thinking about those CBSA officers that spoke to them when they landed. I'm thinking about airport security, baggage handlers, Everything. Everybody at that airport. Yeah. Like, forget it. Now, in all fairness, they say, ah, you're very, very minimal risk from just casual contact with someone. Okay, but if that person, if I'm the CBSA officer, and you know how it works, that big, long line at Pearson, and you use the machine. Oh, shit. Did they use the machine? Did they touch? What did they touch? Had they coughed in their hands? Did I use that machine next? Who knows? But I'm thinking about that CBSA officer If I know that those two came to my desk and I was really only as far away from them as you and I are Mm -hmm. uh, as far apart now, which isn't very far. I was breathing the same air they were, and and, uh, that freaks me out. It's a respiratory virus. I would be wearing a mask if I were them. I know they have the gloves usually. That's not going to help in this scenario. you got to wear the mask too. He touched their passports. He may have checked their bags. Who knows what happened? Either way, it's scary stuff. And if, if you're freaking out a little bit, don't worry. I am too. But the best piece of advice that, that was put out in the last 48 hours was from, I believe it was Canada's medical officer of health. I forget her name. Teresa something. In any case, she said, make sure you get your information from reliable sources. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's uh, no shortage of people that are spreading false information online. Little Facebook groups like, oh, I'm not going to send my kids to school because I heard that there's a kid at the school that has it. No, no, they don't have it. I don't know where you got that story from. Like you said, they're taking it seriously. If there was a situation where there might be a child infected or someone else infected, they will rush to the scene in four ambulances and seven cop cars and if they know about it. So, yeah. You want to see how serious they're taking it? Call 911 and tell them, I'm feeling pretty sick. I just got back from China. And see what happens. There's going to be helicopters over your house and people in hazmat suits at your front door in about 20 minutes. Freaky, man. Really freaky. freaky. But we all remember SARS. We don't want a repeat of SARS. Apparently, this one is particularly dangerous for those who have health susceptibilities anyway. And for the elderly, people who may have compromised immune systems. For the most part, uh, a Mm -hmm. fairly young, healthy individual shouldn't have that much trouble dealing with this. But it's still a virus. Like, I'm a little worried about it. Well, people are freaking out, too, because the videos of people dropping in the streets in Wuhan and and the malls and everywhere. 
Well, they have a problem over there. They've got a massive issue. And that's, I think, what they picture happening here, right? Maybe that's the case. I mean, yeah, it's scary. Do what you can to protect yourself anyway. This is cold and flu season. So at the least, make sure you're washing your hands. Uh, don't get too close to people and avoid public places if you have to. That's just the road I'm going to I'm going to take just for the next couple months, man. I'm going to lay low. Maybe stop making out with strangers, too. Sure. You know, I mean, hey, uh, Tinder, she looks hot. Great. Yeah, I'll get together with her. You and I make sh- out a little bit and then find out, oh, yeah, I just got back from fucking China. You and I should go to the club and wear like some form of like kissing security outfit and just stop <laughs> shit in its tracks. Like the, the ultimate cock, cock block. block <laughs> cock, cock block club. We could just go have a couple drinks. Bring our own cup, though. Oh, yeah. Co- have a couple drinks and just stop. Hey, hey, hey. No, I see that erection forming, sir. Put that shit away. Get your mouth away from the lady. I don't know where the fuck you've been. Here's a mask. There'll be no kissing. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.